We managed to leave upstate New York and we moved to a valley town in Connecticut. The year was 2001. This happened this summer, right before the Twin Towers fell um, on 9-11. So I must have been um, having some kind of premonition. Maybe my spirit knew something was about to go wrong, but I had another bout of severe insomnia. So for weeks, I was just getting very little sleep. And that was the year that I had a death in a family, okay? And that wasn't too fun. So, you know, I think that may have, you know, caused the insomnia as well. My sister had passed and she was also my godmother. So what happens is I get on Ambien. Well, the doctor prescribed Ambien to help me to get to sleep because I could only get to sleep at four in the morning and I'd sleep for a couple of hours. And I was like totally losing my mind at that point. But I didn't know of the side effects. One night, I don't know what happened. I took my scarf off my head and I put it in the hamper. I remember doing it. It was really weird. I woke up the next morning and the scarf was on my head in place. Now, I remember things that happened pretty well. And I remember <laughs> I freaked and I'm like, oh my gosh, this scarf, why is it on my head? So I got my guy and he's like, why is this an emergency? It's just a scarf. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I didn't always have this scarf on my head. I took it off and I'm in a panic. So then I let it go and I figured I was just losing it. So then the next night, nothing. And then the next night, I still remember I remember getting in the middle, get up in the middle of the night and looking in the living room. There was a, I was painting a lot at that time. And when my guy shows up, he was trying to make sure I was okay. I asked him to put the, apparently I'd asked him to put the picture up on the wall for me. But then I totally blanked out. And the next morning, I was very surprised. I was like, what's going on? And he's like, you asked me to put the picture on the wall? After some days, I recalled it. And now I remember, you know, after that to now I remember, but it's been a lot of years, obviously. But I didn't remember immediately. I was kind of shocked when I saw it up there when I woke up. So soon after, I found out that, that those are the effects of Ambien. The doctor, and I looked it up, told me that, yes, it can cause sleepwalking. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, I already have enough problems. But what was funny is, after a while, I started feeling like something was watching me in my bedroom. And I was having, like, dream visions where I could have sworn something was, like, coming in or opening the door. That would come later, but I still felt like someone was coming in the room. Like, the door was open. And this is in my sleep. And I was in a church at the time, another church, so this is when I was going to church. So there was a Cajun woman, um, a young woman, a few years younger than me. I was probably around 29 at the time. She um, told me that that's a spirit, <laughs> you know? She said, it's a spirit. So, like, just pray harder. So I did, and it didn't go away. But we ended up, after a couple of years, we moved out of that place. Okay, fine. And obviously, soon after the Twin Towers happened, and they went down, and then the, that's when I started having those visions. So, 
But before we moved, we were invited to a party. One of my husband's coworkers, um, they were professionals, you know, they invited him um, to like a get together with some of the people from work. And so we go to the party that night. It was just a get together. It was fun. It wasn't that serious. But, you know, Connecticut can be weird, okay? And I hear it still is. So he's he's Asian. He's Filipino. He's there with his brothers, and he's helping to raise one of his brothers. And he had some help, and then the coworkers were there too. And people were different races, mostly Asian. And, well, the races matter. Some A lot of, you know, people were Caucasian from work and others. So... The person who let us in, he looked like a Japanese man, all right? And he asked for our coats. He was tall. He was had a nice physique. You know, he had a full set of hair, very nice looking. But his friend is Filipino, and so I'm like, okay, whatever. And he takes our coats. It's in winter. And then, you know, he shows us to, to the living room where everyone was, and so his friend says, oh, go get yourself, you know, get some punch, get something to drink, whatever. We go into the kitchen. We go to get some punch or whatever we're drinking. Not a big deal. Um, you know, or soda, whatever. The guy's following us around. He followed from the time we were in the front door through the living room. He followed us all through the house. He was watching us, watching me. I was like, oh, my gosh, is it because I'm the only black person here? Do they think that I'm going to steal something? I got so paranoid that it just ruined my evening. And yes, you know, I talked to the people that were at the party, haha, ha, it was a lot of fun, but I still had that dark cloud. So when it was over, we left, and I told my guy how it made me feel. So he confronted his friend at work, and they were really good friends. We all became good friends. And he asked him who was the, he said, I don't know, is he Chinese or Japanese? But this man, you know, he made us uncomfortable, made me uncomfortable even more so. So he's thinking, he said he, he told him what happened and his friend is thinking. He's thinking and thinking and thinking. Who could it have been? And I'm like, come on, there's only but so many um, people that look Asian at the party. Yeah, it was a bunch of them, but it wasn't that many. You know, I'm like, seriously, he didn't know who it was. And he said he was standing there a long time at work thinking, who could it possibly be? So then the next day, the day after that, he comes home from work and says, you know, his friend tells him he has no clue who that could possibly have been. He said there was nobody at the party that fit that description at all. Literally at all. And we both saw this person. Like, he was, uh, he looked human, you know. And so it freaked us out because we're like, at first we're like, oh, that's just funny. He's, you know, is he being funny? It's a joke, a game. Obviously, the guy looked us in the face, followed us around. So then, day number three, he's like, he really doesn't know who it is. I'm like, what is what is going on after a while? I'm like, is that a ghost? Could that have been, you know, I'm like, that can't be a ghost. Okay. So, <laughs> that happens. Then we move um, to a quaint little town in Hartford County because we need something more diverse. So, and it's closer to his job. So, we moved there. I'm at home and I'm minding my own business. And I start hearing 
the door, um, the storage was a storage. You, your stuff could be in any one of the storage rooms in the building. Ours was not next door to us, okay? And I'm hearing the door. It was the, 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 the day was kind of windy, but not that windy. The door is banging open, banging, 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 open, close, open, close, bam, bam. Then I hear boom, 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 boom. I hear people walking up and down the stairs because it went underground. And this went on for like a half hour, and finally, I, it was so loud, and it was next to our townhome overlooking the river. I finally called the office, and I said, um, there's a lot of commotion. It sounds like in the storage next to us. Do you know what's going on? And it was unusual. And the woman in the office, she checked to see what was going on. She contacted me again, and she said, you know, she was wondering if there was workmen, because they did have them earlier on, you know, on the property. And she said, no, nobody was there. I'm like, what, what, do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean no one was there? She says, no, we don't have any workmen there. And as far as I know, I mean, unless, you know, somebody had their stuff in storage, but I didn't even see anybody. That's, that's when I realized that I don't even recall seeing anyone. And she said, we, and it sounded like there probably was workmen. And she said, oh, maybe it's the wind. And I'm like, what? Okay. So the thing that kept waking me up in the other apartment in the valley town something still was waking me up in my sleep and the same woman from that church um the young woman from uh new orleans she told me that that once again it's spiritual but i added on that now i heard a voice it was like a radio and it was a woman and, and she said something like, it's time, to, it's time to leave, you know, or whatever she said. Or I don't know what she said, like, we should go and get some tea. She, had, she sounded very proper. And so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And she said, so did you hear it? But you know, you heard it, but you didn't hear it. It's real, but it's not real. I said, yeah, yeah, exactly. The door opening. And closing, me thinking someone opened and closed the door, the same thing. She said, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm from, you know, Louisiana and being in New Orleans. And then I went to college in Texas. She says, it's so spiritual in the South. I experienced that. And then some, and she told me, if the devil really wants to scare you, he will scare you. And she said, you haven't seen anything yet. And that she had seen things form, disgusting things take shape and form. I should have told her about the guy also that we didn't know who you know I don't know we'll just call him ghost or ghost man but anyhow so the same thing she said leave your lights on pray and then she even prayed with me because at one point when I told her about the woman and everything at one point it had come to a head I was crying I was almost hysterical it was on the phone and I was like oh, oh my god it's coming for me what's going on and she said calm down and everything so it did get a little bit quiet, and then after a while, um, I had spoken to, like, a family member who had told me, also distant relative, that the jinn spirits will do that as well. And I said, Jen, what, what are you talking about? Like, I heard of it, but what is that? And he was um, a Muslim man, and he tells me that he sometimes come home from work at the time, and... There was a woman, the same thing, and, he, and she would talk to him. He said he would take a broom and sweep the whole house and sweep her to run her out of the house. So I'm like, what's going on? We, we must all be going nuts. Then 
so I had to like accept that maybe this is just who I am but I, I, I wasn't I still thought maybe it could be prayed away and it wasn't then the sleep paralysis came and when the sleep paralysis came that was it for me I was so scared the first time it happened I woke up and I could not get out of my consciousness so that was very weird I didn't even know that was a thing all right and there was not like all these groups and different things online and offline there was nobody you could really things were not those things were talked about plenty but you had to know who to go to so the second time I found myself trying to get out of consciousness trying to come to my consciousness I finally while I was still in church at the time so I was like Jesus I started saying his name and yes I came out of it I still don't know why that worked but hey they say the devil's afraid of him I'm only using that as as because that's the terminology that I used at the time okay and I thought everything was about a devil and God and a devil and okay so there still is good and evil but then it didn't happen again the next thing was the, the house next to me after the african-american family moved out shortly after we got there this other family moved in and everyone had it was a family of redheads everyone had red hair even mom but hers was a little darker pretty red hair the daughter was a little attitude -y. she was probably 20 at the time and i was like you know 31 but other than that i mean she didn't really do anything you could just tell so but she just would give me looks and she liked black men yeah and I don't know why she would look at me funny. That was weird. So I kept hearing boxes move at the, in, in, like in the middle of the night. I would literally hear someone moving boxes around. It happened two or three nights in a row. So one time I go next door and I knock on the door and I meet the mom and I just let her know like, um, can you like maybe move stuff around in the daytime? Because I know you're probably still unpacking. She looked at me like I was insane. And I guess I was by then. So she goes, no, I wasn't moving any boxes around. I don't even have any boxes around like that. I said, so you weren't moving boxes around in the room that's closest to my bedroom in the middle of the night? And she said, no, no boxes here. And she looked so curious. Soon after they moved. See, if you know that there's some patterns, like the place in upstate New York, the guy was thrown out. He seemed to have lost his mind. And I noticed nobody could stay next door to me in this place. Like, something was making people come and go. And I could tell it was pretty haunted um, in that area. Um, finally, the woman um, from New Orleans, she, she, she was definitely Cajun. She was black, but her skin was so white. Almost like an albino white. She was such a pretty woman but inside out okay she told me do you not know the history of this town she says yes it's a pretty quaint town but you don't know the history of your town I'm like what history what are you talking about so then she tells me the town center have you noticed how how um, stressful it can be or the energy is tight it's it's like you it's where it's thin or it's thick whatever you want to describe it you cut it with a knife it's very um, weird and it's a lot of tension 
I didn't know, I thought I knew what the town square was, but I didn't, it turns out. And she said, that's where they used to hang slaves back in the day. And I said, wait, say what? You, you say slaves? She said, yeah, African slaves. They would hang them in the town square. And she said, what do you have, uh, you know, probably across the way from you? That tobacco field? Yeah, who do you think was working those fields? Slaves. This was a big slave town back in the day. And she believed that their spirits were haunting the place. After a while, it took me like leaving, moving away from Connecticut to realize, and I found out what the town square was. I said, oh my God, I didn't know that was the town square. I hated it there. The energy creeped me out. It was so creepy. It was so creepy and scary. Even with people there, it was scary. There was something and energy to it. Like it was living, walking, and breathing. There were numerous hangings in that. It was a stretch of like a few to several blocks, long blocks. It was a small town. And that's where all the hangings were. And that's what the tobacco fields were for. And I believe now that those slaves you know, they were haunting the whole town. And people, some people were probably going nuts and didn't realize it. I knew other people that acted strange too. And it seemed to get worse when I was in church for some strange reason. So at some point we did end up leaving um, the state of Connecticut and it was quite a trip because on our way out, um, after we had our first child, we decided to to change our car. We got a new vehicle. So we got the Mazda Protégé. And we bought it from a man in our credit union, okay? And his name was Trevor. Well, Trevor um, was shocked when, you know, it, it broke down. It got weird on my husband. And he said it was the electronic part of the car that went and see. We bought a lemon. So we wanted a new one and we had excellent credit and everything. So Trevor agreed to give us a new loan. And he said, wow, I wasn't expecting you back so soon. It's only been like weeks, like, you know, he was like, what's going on? It's only been like a month, barely. So he did that for us. Plus he knew us for a while at that point that the credit union knew us. Trevor was gracious. And, you know, I remember he looked at us peculiar like and he was a Caribbean man, a West Indian man. And he would smile and laugh. That was done. So then we left. And that's where the story, you know, takes off again. You gotta find out about Trevor. Um, next comes the haunting in New Jersey. And stay tuned because this is something else.